0: Next on BYUSN, men's hoops begins a critical three-game stretch. How many of those
1: do they need to win? Plus, the transfer portal is now closed. Did BYU win round one? Let's go, baby. It's a game day.
0: Men and women's hoops, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, January 19th. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Dave McCann on this BYUSN Game day of sorts ahead of women's hoops against San Francisco at the top of the hour
1: right here on BYU TV. This is why Thursday, to me, is the best day of the week. I know. We are talking about Everything this pre-show. not Friday. Thursday. You love a Thursday. Golf comes on Thursday. The mm-hmm. first round of games come on Thursday. During football season, there's a football game on March Thursday. Which Madness starts on Thursday. It's just, it's, and then Friday stands alone. Yeah. For, for what You've it is. You've
0: convinced me that Thursday is sort of the the great precursor It's like the warm-up to the Friday-Saturday.
1: And if it's a good warm-up band, you're just as happy with them as the main event. Absolutely. So here we are on a Thursday. we got a great show coming up. BYU men's basketball. It's going to be a long Thursday. That had got a game late tonight. We'll preview that one. The transfer portal is closed. We'll look at how BYU did this time around. Kids Day at the Marriott Center. It's going to be a loud one. San Francisco's here, Spencer <laughs> yes, and Chris are going to join us in a couple of minutes and then they'll have the game for us 60 minutes from now. And we'll visit with women's head coach Amber Whiting, settling in quite nicely to her first season as a Division One head basketball coach. All that and more straight ahead. Here are today's headlines. Men's Hoops plays at Santa Clara tonight. The Cougars and Broncos
0: are in third and fourth place respectively in the West Coast Conference. The game begins on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern time. The game on CBS Sports Network as well. Vegas has Santa Clara by
1: 2.5. Look at this, a live look inside the Marriott Center. BYU women take on San Francisco right after BYU Sports Nation this morning. A live look, Kids Day. Now they're expecting 160 buses to bring the noisemakers here. Maybe 9,000 screaming kids, regardless of what's going on in the game. Normally it's three. I mean, this is going to be nuts. Next level. BYU 13 and 6 on the season. Star Lauren Gustin leading the country in rebounding, and a lot of the folks out there getting loose ahead of the storm.
0: Lots of live shots throughout the program as we get ready for the game coming up. Again, top of the hour right here on BYU TV. And baseball signs Kuhio Aloy, a right handed pitcher and outfielder from Maui. You're welcome who has a 93 mile an hour fastball. All rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. And we talk about Men's Hoops, who's embarking on a three game stretch uh, that includes Santa Clara tonight on the road, San Francisco on the road Saturday, and then no game next Thursday, St. Mary's at home next Saturday. cookies have goals in Vegas and in the postseason, Dave. So how many of these
1: next three does you need to win? First of all, we apologize to fans on the East Coast. That's 11 o'clock. And we can't it gets say, better next year. We can't say there won't be late games next year in the Big 12, but doubtful that there'll be 11 p.m. Yeah. or very many of them. So hang in there for this last batch of WCC games. I think they need to win two of the next three. I agree. And their best chances Saturday and next Saturday, perhaps. I think they get St. Mary's here after the Gonzaga experience and, and what they learned about themselves. Mm. Tonight, if they can win at Santa Clara, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I think that's a tough, tough one tonight. And remember, these schools get BYU in their gyms for the last time. It means something to them. It means something to the team, to the coaches, and to the players. So the folks in Santa Clara, however few will actually attend the game because the (laughs) arena is so small, they'll be jacked up. I agree that it's two. Um, and
0: what are we talking about? Need for what? Need for what? I think third place in the league is what BYU is aiming for. Gonzaga and St. Mary's are clearly the top two teams. I don't see any way that those aren't the top two teams going into Vegas. So you're playing for third, which isn't a bad spot. Again, this group needs to climb into the NIT, um, and they need to go at least 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Ken Palm projects 5-5 five and five in the last 10. The hope is that Bioy can walk into Vegas 19-12, and 12 at least get one win in there, perhaps in a uh, quarterfinal, and then you get into the semifinal and you've got an opportunity to ensure at least the NIT, if not some crazy tournament run that we haven't seen the likes of since 2001. But um, you need to probably win two of three in the next couple of weeks, and then you get to six and three, and you're feeling pretty good yeah. coming back down the last seven. To me, Santa Clara is the biggest threat at third place, so if you could somehow pull off tonight... You're in a good spot. But like you said, if you can still beat San Francisco on Saturday, who's really struggled despite being a good team. I look at San Francisco, I've watched a couple games, and I go, why is this team 1-5 in league? Right. Like, yes, they played Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Took Gonzaga to the brink like BYU. Gave up a shot with seven seconds left. Cougars can empathize. But you look at this three-game stretch. Uh, it's the only three-game stretch in Ken Palm where there's three games in a row that are A or B games, according to him. Even the Bahamas... We're all B. There's an A game in St. Mary's, but tonight and Saturday are B games. So it's a really important stretch here. Six of the final 10 are A and A or B. You go boom, 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 and then three of the final seven. So you have four there that are not. Get some wins, put yourself into a uh, number three or four seed in the tourney, get a win there. And now you get to the NIT and it's like, okay, that season at one point when BYU lose to South Dakota and UVU
1: didn't go that way. It went up. And, you have to at least make the NIT at this point. i like to think Mark Pope checked the bags of all the players to make sure they were packing defense. They do play defense. This team does. No matter does. what game. it yep. gives them a chance. Yep. It's going to give them a chance tonight. And they could win tonight's game. They could also win Saturday. Defense is going to be their thing. I don't know if they'll show up and overwhelm anybody with offense, although against San Diego on the road, they came out shooting and, and shooting well. But it was that nine-minute stretch early.
0: defensively that yeah. I think won the game for
1: them. Defense keeps yeah. them in the game, gives them a chance. And then the more they win... Then the better their confidence is, and so Spokane with Gonzaga on February eleventh—that's a possibility by the nature of how they played them uh, two weeks ago, or last week, or whenever it was. Uh, as long as they keep progressing, they it's been a long defense. week, Dave. It has been a long <laughs> week. They play defense, and then and then the offense yeah. grows with confidence. And we've seen uh, Atiki's development. We've seen foos getting better and better and better. So yeah, pack your defense tonight. You got a shot. Yes. And if you win tonight. You take a boatload of confidence into Saturday instead of a boatload of hope. And there's a big difference.
0: Yes, and, and listen, we've always relied here at this school on offense. This BUA team is one of the best defensive teams that BYU's had in a long, long time. They are 29th in defensive efficiency. That means how many points per game, uh, per 100 possessions you get. And they up. rebound. They rebound really well, which is almost shocking given that you have two post players on this team. Foose has been great. Other guys hit the glass. It's been awesome. Brandon Pajemski is one of the most underrated players in the league. You're going to see him tonight. 18 points, 8 rebounds a game for a 6'5 guard who averaged 1 point a game at Illinois. He is going to be a problem. But I bet Gideon George or Jackson Robinson gets the first assignment prep. Spencer Johnson, capable defenders on the wing to try and limit him scoring. Um, Keyshawn Justice is still there, which is one of the best names in college basketball. Santa Clara, that place has given BYU some trouble. They have five losses historically in that gym. I think you've, you've been there for a couple of these that and last were tough, right? Last to year was up. the
1: unraveling. Yes. Where the season got off the rails, was yes. at Santa Clara, especially the way that game ended. So they have a chance to go back and, and fix
0: that. And this, the, this Santa Clara team last year and this year is not the typical Santa Clara team that might be like the 6-10 to 10 seed. They had a lottery pick last year in Jalen Williams, who's playing with the Thunder and having a really nice rookie year. Now they have Pajimsky. They have more talent. They're gathering Herb Index. A good coach. We've seen what he's done at other places like Arizona State and NC State and whatnot. So Bure's really got to show up tonight. And you make an interesting point about the next three games. The most You feel the most uh, or the least likely win would be tonight, not St. Mary's at home next Saturday.
1: Because home court? Because of the home court, because of what they experienced against Gonzaga. Uh, if you learn from things, then, and then, then you get better. Uh, and there'd be a two-week difference between the two games. Mm-hmm. I think, and the and, right and St. Mary's might win the league. Let's be honest; they might actually win the league. You think they'd win over Gonzaga? Depending on how they, you know, right now, I think their net's better than Gonzaga. Um, and so we're going to see those games both in February. So, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying a hey, St. Mary's isn't that good, and BYU's going to beat them. I think BYU can home. beat them at home, having learned what they're learning, so long as they're they're progressing. And, and tonight is a, is a serious test. Pepperdine was a good test. Pepperdine is strange that, strange that that lineup hasn't won a game in the league. I know, they're weird. They're 0-5 going and, into tonight. And the fact that they kept pushing, pushing, and BYU kept pushing back, uh, that lead from 10 to 2 to 10 to 3, yeah. was a good sign of a young team, speaking of BYU, of not just crumbling two days after you know, a, a, a complete meltdown. Absolutely could
0: have yeah. and didn't, which was good against a, a young Pepperdine team. I think in a year or two... Look out for Pepperdine. They could be kind of that Santa Clara, pressing Absolutely. for the three or four seed. And Portland's good be- too. This is a well, good
1: time to get out of the league. Well, and, and let's be honest, we're not going to care in a couple. <laughs> no, of No, we are not going to care. <laughs> we're not going to watch eleven o'clock cool. games. Cool, Pepperdine, good job. Uh, topic two today is interesting. Did you did you hear the door shut? The transfer portal has closed. It's a mythical, magical so thing that. If portal. you're checking your Twitter today, there there won't be any new announcements of of guys deciding today. They're going to go. They're now going to have to wait till after spring ball, Maybe the they told, opens up again. Maybe they told their coach and then they didn't announce it. Who knows? But yeah, it's it's close. So how did BYU do? They went shopping for yeah. some needs and they, they lost some guys, but they gained some guys that are really going to help next year.
0: Yeah, I, I think BYU did pretty well. Um, and, and if you had told me, hey, BYU is going to get a guy of the caliber of Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins and Isaiah Bagna from Boise State, I'd go, okay then. Um, let's look at who went out and who came in and let's assess. So Transferred out notable guys, Clark Barrington uh, and Campbell Barrington. Those ones really hurt. Clark Barrington's one of the best transfers that was on the market, like top 10 player. Um, Keenan Pila goes to Tennessee this morning. Gabe Judy Lally commits to Tennessee. Uh, Conover over to Arizona State, right? Logan Fano uh, to Utah, that one hurts. That course, one was
1: great, never played here, but great potential.
0: Yes, um, was excited about that one. You, you lose uh, a Romney. Um, always tough to lose a Kafusi to Utah, a Romney, you know what I mean? So those were tough. The guys that BYU got in that are going to start and have an impact. Keaton Slovis from Pitt at quarterback, of course. Aiden Robbins from UNLV with running back. Isaiah Bagna, edge rusher from Boise State. Jackson Cravens um, from Boise State. Cam Miller, really high on him from College Football Network earlier this week. Paul Miley, the starting center on the Rose Bowl team for the Utes, has decided to come south. And then we'll see on a couple of other guys what kind of impact they could have. Ian Fitzgerald. Out of Missouri State, Waylon Lapuahu Out of uh, Utah State, Wyatt Daw. Out of Southern Utah, um, yeah. Is it net gain or loss? It's it's barely um, you know it, it's barely negative or barely positive. I, I think it's it's pretty similar that way. The Barringtons do hurt, but I am encouraged by some of these guys that BYU's gotten, and it's not over. Um, there can still be guys that after spring ball decide to come and have an impact. And what BYU has built itself on isn't crushing. The recruiting rankings, per se, in December or February. It's been in transfers, notable ones, Puka, Samson, and so on that have come in and made a huge impact. And more importantly, development of the current guys, of the guys who come in. Great stories that we've highlighted over time, but Tyler Algier goes from no stars to 1,000 yards in the NFL. BYU's done an excellent job of getting a Zach Wilson, a three-star kid from Draper, to the number two pick. Jaron Hall waited like seven years to be the guy. He had a heck of a career here at BYU as a three-star. So I'm, I'm excited about some of the names we're not talking about as well in the transfer portal who have been backups, who are ready to become the next Ben Bywater kind of guys. I
1: don't think BYU lost anybody in the portal that isn't replaceable. Uh, Clark Barrington, we love Clark. But we all thought he was going to go into the NFL because of his age and that. And so the fact that he decided last minute to go somewhere else and keep playing, that was a loss, but they were expecting to lose him. It'd just be a
0: bummer to play them and be like, oh yeah, you. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> unless, unless we're. When the schedule comes out in August. Unless, unless we're sacking their quarterback. Because I hate Clark. True. Um, but what they got were starters uh, that, that, that are going to help them. It's like they went to the grocery store and they had a list. And like when I go to the grocery store, I have a list and I buy all this stuff I didn't need. Uh, and you get home and you go, well, did you at least get the milk? But but these guys you gotta they, have it delivered. They, they, went to the, they went to the store and yep. they go, "I need a quarterback. I need a running back. Um, boom boom. We need, we need defensive line help. We got a defensive line coach, a defensive-minded defensive coordinator. Though, of course, that's 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 a, a play on words. But Jay Hill is mm-hmm. all about attacking. Yep. Uh, and where does he say that the attack starts? The defensive line. Yes. So they went shopping for those guys and 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 they got. They got what they went for. And I don't think they picked up anybody that wasn't on their list. And when you're shopping in the portal with limited spots to play on a talented roster to begin with, you know, you don't need the licorice and the ding-dongs and the chips and the whatever. You just come to get what you need, uh, what's on the list. And I think they did that. Now, the next portal opening after spring ball, when everyone gets to assess where they are on everybody's depth charts, that's going to be interesting
0: when the Stargate opens again
1: uh, after, after spring ball. If Thanos comes through. Yes, then we're all screwed.
0: Um, but Paul Miley, um was one that I don't think BYU was like, oh, we need another guy here. I think that was kind of a bonus, which is awesome. That was the, the, the Twinkies ding-dong where you're like, oh, yeah, I do actually want that because I can't just live on, like, rice and beans um, alone. Um, but BYU got some, got some good players. Like, there are P5 ready players coming in that are going to have an impact and we are really expecting two of these to to crush it if they don't be going to struggle if they do be going to be awesome in Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins but uh we're pretty confident because we've seen that they can be that good and Aaron Roderick's a really good OC I, just his track record's been really good especially what he's done here at BYU so that's going to be fun um and and it's what it is. And the transfer portal, tomorrow. you lose some, you get some. Like, when Shaley Gonzalez went to Texas, I said, you can't just gain and never give. Like, yeah. it's just what it is. There, there are opportunities that other people want elsewhere, and that's okay. But BYU's is a unique spot,
1: and they're getting uh, unique guys that hope, hopefully will yield great results in year one in the Big 12. I thought Miley said it best in your interview yesterday. Um, he was sold on the program by the head coach. He's coming to play on the program, go to the school. And NIL is over here away from the school, but it, it certainly, it's certainly there. But the cell has to be at the program. Why do you want to be here? You can get money anywhere. And he had an opportunity to get big money a whole bunch of different places. But it came down to, I want to play for this guy. Yeah. Keaton Slovis, there were opportunities that would pay him more NIL money at a variety of other schools. So what's, why, why at BYU? Because he's sold that Aaron Roderick's offense can get him to the NFL. So that's it comes where, all the way from that's Pittsburgh. That's where the real money is. That's where the real money is. Yeah. But, but it's like you've got to sell these kids. And if you sell them on the program, then they won't jump in the portal and take off, for the most part. Um, but if you're, as we've seen around the country, if you're selling them on NIL money, um, of which you don't have anything to do with as a program per se, it can get pretty messy. Yeah, And, and kids are just looking around going, I'm looking for a bag of money, and then... I'll see what I can do for your team. Florida's dealing with that,
0: with a decommitted player who was promised $13 million, right? right. And nope, not going to. And there have been other schools. The Festa Satake sent a And there tweet will be more. Warning of such, saying, hey, just not everyone actually pays when they say, essentially. And it depends, again, and, and I brought that up with uh, Paul yesterday. What do you want out of the experience? If you're going for straight cash, homie, there are, better, there are different places to go. Sure, it, But BYU is trying in this uh, space with multiple uh, collectives. There's one official with BYU. There are others, right, um, to be in that space. But also, like, do you want a Power 5 experience, which Paul is not influenced by, by the way. I, I, I asked him, hey, if BYU was independent, would you have still come here? He goes, yeah because I wanted to play for Kalani. He had a real connection there. Even Aiden Robbins said,
1: yeah, yeah. I was more interested in playing here.
0: Because what I think we thought they'd say, and I was the one that asked both times, was, oh, yeah, BYU's P5, I want that. That wasn't as big a deal for those guys as maybe we thought. But with BYU, it's like, well, if you don't want to come to BYU, you don't have to come to BYU. But now there's no excuse. It's, you can't say, oh, you're not in a P5, I didn't want that. Or you have no NIL money. Nope. All these things exist here. It's just whether you want to be here. And if you do, great. Let's
1: go. Yeah. It, it, it is a, um, it's the introduction into the big time. BYU is a major player. Not a major wannabe, like as an independent. In the P5 world, and we're going to figure it out and, and, and learn uh, for ourselves as we get into this thing. It's, it's, that's where the world of football is. And, and it's amazing what BYU is able to do outside of it. And now getting into it, we start to see the talent pool increase and and guys go, I want to be a part of that. And that's what Kalani is so good at selling.
0: It's awesome. And there will be a few more signees, uh, perhaps, in the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah. On February signing it. We almost forget about that one, but there will be more. And then the spring portal. Hang
1: on. You know, you just never know.
0: And I can't wait to watch spring ball uh, with all these new guys. It'll be great. Okay, our question of the day is this. How many of the next three men's basketball games at Santa Clara, at San Francisco, St. Mary's next Saturday at home, does BYU need to win? At Grizzfather on Twitter. Don't see any chance of dancing with regular season record, only win West Coast Conference tourney. So win-loss in regular season now dictates the NIT bid slash seed, so still gotta win as many as possible. Yes, I believe BYU needs to get to 20 wins to secure an NIT type bid, because um, BYU won't be in the NIT automatic bid, which actually functions like this, not everyone knows. If, if you're one of kind of the smaller leagues and you win the league, but you don't win the tourney, your tourney, you are automatically in. Like if Weber State won the Big Sky regular but didn't win the uh, tourney, they would be NIT automatic. But BYU, not, not in that situation, right? They can secure that with a, a quality or a decent run down the stretch.
1: And it's right, it's right up there with going to a bowl game. Why does it matter to go to the New Mexico Bowl? Because you get to extend your practice. You get to keep participating as a team. Yeah. And one extra game, a couple of weeks of extra practices, gets you more prepared for next season. Absolutely. And so the NIT, we, we, we often look down on the NIT because – that's not the goal on a typical year. Right. But it's we're, a minimum. We're not in a typical year. Right. Minimum threshold as well. You've got to make the NIT. Like in football, minimum threshold, you've got to make a ball. Absolutely. Coming up on BYU TV this morning, we've got women's basketball. And this player right here is special. Lauren Gusson leads the entire country in rebounding. She's a force in the WCC. All of San Francisco knows that. The question is can they do anything about it? We'll find out together. Spencer Linton, Kristen Kozlowski, on the call at the top of the hour. That's coming up after the break. This is BYU Sports Station. Oh, hey guys.
0: Coming up at the top of the hour, BYU and San Francisco women's hoops, led by Lauren Gustin, who is better at her job than Dave and I are at ours. It's true. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's head over to the Marriott Center to talk with the homies, Spencer Linton, Kristen Kozlowski, ahead of the Shrill Fest, in front of 9,000 kids coming up. Guys, <laughs> you have natural earplugs, so you should be good, yes, right? Yes,
2: yes. They're One cannot
3: adequately prepare for even 5,000, <laughs> let alone 9,000 invited children. They are expecting about eight of those 9,000 that were invited to show up. So we're going to hit new decibel levels in the Marriott Center today.
2: I don't think these are strong enough,
1: really. <laughs> How different is it for, a, for broadcasters? And we've all had a taste of, of this in this setting. Uh, for you guys, because there's, there's highs and lows when shots are made. Uh, But on a day like this, there's just highs the whole time. Yes. Even during timeouts. I think Molly Gutenbauer said it to us on the phone last night. She's like...
3: They don't really know at this point what's good and what's bad. They just yell the whole time. Just scream.
2: This level the entire time. So
3: it's it's not like exactly a BYU home court advantage. It's just loud all of the time for both teams. Um, But the coaches like it. I think the players like the energy that the kids bring in, and it definitely is a a unique factor. And BYU is going to do this with gymnastics coming up on March 1st as well. I'm not sure the balance beam... Performers are going Just to scream. like the shrill constant <laughs> as they're up on the beam. But today, a yeah, basketball arena—that this is the place where you
1: can do this with with a bunch of kids—and we expect the energy to be high the whole time. Well, Kristen, one thing that it does is it gives a platform uh, for women's basketball. Uh, there are a lot of girls in the stands today watching competitive Division One women's basketball in a setting that is cool and fun, and uh, and may inspire future ball players.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think some of these young players that get to watch and kind of get a little more up close and personal as they're sitting on that third or fourth row, and um, it's unique for them because now they can kind of bond and go, oh, I really like that player. Oh, wow, she's special. She's doing stuff that I want to try and mimic. Um, And so forming that connection, even with some of the older fans, the teachers that are coming or or just regular fans – that's where that connection is important in women's basketball so that they continue to return. BYU's got to show up, though. they got to play. they got to give them something they want to come back and watch.
0: And it's a big game that way because San Francisco, while they do have a losing record in league, 13-6 and six overall. Uh, we'll talk about Joanna Cremili in a second. But, Spence, BYU is on the six-game win streak. Uh, what have you seen that's changed during this and uh, that will factor into today's big game?
3: Well, I think the phrase that comes to mind is what all the opposing coaches are saying is, Amber Whiting is figuring out how to utilize her players. She's finding specific roles for them, and it all of a sudden has just clicked. So I don't know if it's been one specific thing, per se. It's just a matter of understanding your specific roles within the system that Amber Whiting wants to run. And naturally, that's going to happen the more games that you play. So BYU is starting to, yes, figure some things out. Positions are clicking. The starting five has adjusted a few times. But I think they found the constant lineup that they like the bench production and bench sparks that, that they want on the BYU side and and that matters. And you said it, Jeremy, it's a big game. BYU's won six in a row after dropping the first two conference games at Portland and at Gonzaga, not in that order. But still that Northwest Road trip to begin conference play for a young team, brutal. This is an entirely different BYU team. And Kristen and I both feel like hey you just win the games you're supposed to win. Now BYU gets Portland and Gonzaga at home later in the season here in the Marriott Center. And you never know. I mean, we were wondering if BYU is going to finish in the top half of the conference. Now we're thinking, could this team maybe finish in the top three, maybe even the top two?
2: Give themselves a shot, right? And and Lee Kamar told us as we talked to him, he said, this is a separation week for us. This is a week we're sitting at 5-2 and right there at third place where we can rise above the middle of the pack, right, and keep ourselves more elite with Gonzaga and Portland, give ourselves a chance. Like Spencer's saying, Give yourself a chance. They're riding some confidence. Continue to win. Keep that momentum going into some big games on the road and then returning here with Portland and Gonzaga.
1: Well, Kristen, you and I called a game earlier in the season. I think Spencer was on a beach somewhere. (laughs) Um, Yes. In that game, Nani Falate was 2 of 15 and they lost. Uh, Her game has gone the way BYU's record has gone in, in recent weeks. How important is she today, Saturday, and the rest of the way?
2: Uh, She's huge for this team. Obviously, she's the distributor. She's the extra extension of the coach out there on the floor. And Nani Falate is one of my favorite players on this BYU team. She's had some bumps along the way where she's really had to grow and learn. She's just a sophomore, and she's stepping into a huge role where she has to command this team and get them in the right spot, facilitate the offense, and do so much for this team. She's a fantastic rebounding guard as well. But just a smooth player for this team, comes off that pick and roll, that high pick and roll makes great decisions with the ball in her hands. I think we see a lot of those turnovers come for her where she's trying to rush it or maybe they're not quite in the right spot where she's trying to feed them that bounce pass inside. But she's so crucial to what they're doing and riding this 6 game win streak. It's not just Lauren Gustin. Everybody knows what Lauren Gustin is going to do. But you got to have Nani Falatea step up, be in double figures, and maybe one more as well for this BYU team.
0: Let's talk about Lauren for a sec. Uh, Spencer, are we to the point where we expect
3: 20 rebounds? In a weird way, Yes. And, and you know what? We were joking about it on BYU Sports Station a few days ago. We we, we might look up at the scoreboard and say, "Oh, she's got 16 points and 15 rebounds." Meh. Like,
1: <laughs> I, there's what no happened? Way I'm what? Why not?
3: Why not 20? It's the craziest thing. We are so spoiled yeah. to watch this type of play at BYU from that position and at her size. We constantly say, "Well, she plays bigger than she is." She does. She's the constant motor and. Do not take it for granted. I don't want anybody to get to that mindset <laughs> where we're like, yeah, yeah, 16 hey. and 16, whatever. No, Because we have seen her do special things, it's kind of like when Jim or Fredette would go for 26 points and 8 assists, and it's like, okay, next. Another game. <laughs> it's It's crazy the level that she's playing at and making it so regular so that we just kind of expect that. And it's hard not to take it for granted, but we're going to do our best not to do that. Don't be surprised to see her, especially in this matchup today, and, and I don't know if Kristen agrees with me here, but... San Francisco's missing a key post player in Deb Dos Santos, and uh, they know that Lauren's going to get her points and her rebounds. This this could be another 16 points, 20-plus rebounds type of day for Lauren.
1: That's seven rebounds a game gone right there. Yeah. Hey, Kristen, the last home game she had 24, speaking of Gustin, one more than the entire San Diego team. Yes. Which tied a Marriott Center record with Tina Gunn. And you got to go back to the late 70s for for Tina Gunn. Is Lauren Gustin now in the Tina Gunn conversation as among the greatest rebounders in program history?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely up there. And, and she's a lead. And, and like Spencer says, we're so spoiled. Look, I never pulled those numbers, so I never take it for granted because I know how difficult it is to go out there and do it and keep up those elite numbers day in and day out. On that six win Stretch for BYU where they won six straight. She's averaging 21.5 rebounds per game. I mean, come on. That's, come on now. That's insane. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. And she's playing at a high D1 level right now against some good teams. Yes, they played Pacific and they played some teams lower in the conference. But to keep that up when you know she's at the top of the scouting report, they're going to put one or two players on her and try to box her out. That's their sole job. She's still pulling those numbers. It's incredible.
1: Hey, when you're being compared to a player whose jersey is in the rafters... That's, that's always good. <laughs> that's pretty
0: good. That's always yeah. good. I want to talk about three-point shooting, guys. BYU 19th in the country, nearly 37%. Um, what factor will that play today and the rest of the year?
3: I think that is the key for BYU today. And again, going back to uh, Coach Gutenbauer on the USF side said, she's like, look, Lauren's going to get hers. We got to defend BYU's guards and specifically the three-point line because if Gustin's going to get her averages and the guard score, then BYU is going to win this game by 15 or 20 points. It, it comes down to USF's ability or inability to guard the perimeter and limit Nani Falatea and Ariel Mackey-Williams and Kaylee Smiler. And there are so many good shooters on the perimeter that have great potential for this BYU team. So I, I feel like that is the, the key factor here today is... USF's ability or inability to defend the perimeter shooting from BYU because Lauren Gustin is going to go and get her 15 points and 18 rebounds or whatever if USF... 18, that's it? I know, man. If USF defends the three-point line well, then they absolutely will be in this game and have a chance to get back to 500 in league play. And I mentioned it earlier, this Dons team, they lost Deb Dos Santos to go along with Ioana Cremili. And that's been a huge, huge thorn in the side for them. And they've had to kind of reinvent themselves after losing their best post player. So, uh, yeah, the challenge is out. Defend the guard line. Maybe USF sneaks out of here with a win. And you want a Kramili
0: top scorer in the WCC at 18 a game. Kristen, what does BYU need to do to uh, limit her?
2: Know where she's at all over the court. She has an ultra green light with Molly Goodenbauer. (laughs) I'm talking anywhere on the court. When Spence plays
0: pickup, that's the same thing.
2: You got to know where this player's at. And she has had some big games against BYU. She's coming off games last week where she had 30 points against Pacific, followed that up with 29 points against St. Mary's. She put up a career high 27 shot attempts. So, high volume shooter molly knows that she's going to ride that out because she is a clutch player and she can score in multiple ways she's a spot up she'll come off a lot of screen a lot of handoffs gets to the free throw line very very smart as a junior and and this is a player that's kind of been a thorn in the side for byu for a few years they're familiar with camille and what she can do now she's taken on more of the load with DeSantos out and and like spencer said they've had to revamp their offense kind of go back to what they did last year where they're running more offensive sets, more screen sets to get her shots. Versus DeSantis was kind of that muscle inside where she could have battled inside with Gustin. So it'll be really interesting with that perimeter matchup. And I imagine, and what I've been told, Kaylee Smiler will uh, get that first defensive assignment on Cremili.
0: Okay, Kaylee Smiler uh, getting the defensive uh, job there. Today's
1: game should be sponsored by Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes, it should. Which is
2: sold out everywhere in children's town. That's right. tough to get,
1: <laughs> tough to get today. Like, like cheap eggs as yeah. well.
2: Uh,
0: have a great call and uh, thanks for the time. Good luck. Uh, you got Thank you both, Spencer and Kristen from the Marriott Center. BYU and San Francisco women's hoops coming up at the top of the hour right here. Just on another TV. that makes
1: even Thursday all the better. You got a game right in the middle of the day. Another compelling and rich situation yeah. across the street. Great day here on BYU TV. We invite you tonight to listen to BYU Radio as the BYU men take on Santa Clara. Game day live with Jason Shepard Starts at 10 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app and the call follows with Greg Rebell and Mark Durant. It's a big one, BYU's last blast in Santa Clara tonight. And who called BYU fans
0: arrogant? And is that an insult or a compliment? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: All of them. One day we'll do uh, be B-Real. I don't know if it's Spencer or I that are going to take that, but uh, we'll consider it. Good luck. He is Dave. I'm Jerem. let Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Let's stick with the theme of the day.
0: Will Lauren Gustin out-rebound San Francisco today? No DeSantos is a big story we learned um, from San Francisco, who's their second leading rebounder. It's uh, about seven a game. But USF is actually the number one rebounding team in the conference per game. They're averaged about 40 and a half. I'm going to say no. I think they're more skilled, although no DeSantos creates
1: the possibility it could happen. I'm going to say no as well it's hard to out-rebound an entire team especially <laughs> one that emphasizes rebounds yeah. like san francisco as you mentioned they're averaging 40.5 even if you take away the seven and a half by just Still 30, 33 few. like can lauren get 34 rebounds can know, she i'm gonna yes. watch to find Will out she? yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> okay the website play michigan pulled 2,000 people about the most arrogant fan bases in college football byu was honorably mentioned after the top five although i think that should just be mentioned then 24-7 Sports made the following comment. How many Utah fans were involved in this poll? Casting votes towards BYU for arrogance is a pretty odd thing to do. Eh, not for them. Cougars have quietly been one of the best Group of Five teams for years. Independently, yeah. And they will soon make the jump to the Power Five by joining the Big 12 Conference. But unless there's some strong regional hatred, yeah. BYU has rarely garnered enough national attention to breed any sort of arrogance amongst the fan base. Ouch. UA has an incredibly passionate fan base and Provo is one of the most scenic venues in all of college football. So the Cougars faithful have those things to hang
1: their hat on. Was that an insult or a compliment? If it comes from the Michigan fans, they haven't gotten over 1984. <laughs> so I, I get that. It's been a hot There's minute. There's a few of them yep. ago. remember that one time uh, when Harbaugh was out hurt yep. and this and that. Um, and it's another school's greatest achievement, winning the national title. Uh, if it came from the Ute fans, that would just be par for the course. Um, and I'll BYU fans it, give it back. It's take like, it as a compliment, yeah. because it is tough to come here and win. You might not get sworn at, you might not see a drunk fan, but they're gonna yell and scream as The Rock has established itself as a, as a national icon. You know, ESPN's favorite fan section uh, is The Rock, and, and they do it the right way, but man, shooting free throws into that thing, forget it.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough, and BYU fans are great. Um, absolutely uh, awesome, and I hope all teams understand that. Men's volleyball, I talk to opposing coaches. They love coming here, and it's amazing, right? Um, yeah, 1984 is interesting because I think winning the national title was the best and worst thing ever for BYU. Best because, obvious, you win the national title. Worst because you think it's still possible. Um, <laughs> we're just trying to get to the New Year's Six or the expanded playoff and just see what happens, Seriously, right? if you
1: haven't won one, though, you just... He's just <laughs> staring into the abyss, <laughs> like we know some teams are. BYU photo shared this drone footage uh, showing the rock. Look at this lining up prior this to the Gonzaga is awesome. game. Awesome. Um, what would it take for you to stand in a line that long under that? And by the way, it's not warm. It's Don't in be January. do confused by the sun.
0: At this point of like my it. life, nothing. Um, I was trying to think like, okay, what's the one band I haven't seen that I want to see? Foo Fighters. What I did? Uh, no, I'm getting sold where I'm like, I'll just buy a ticket where I have a seat. Like, I'm at that point. I used to be the stand, although I went to Coldplay in May and stood on the floor with my mom in Phoenix. It was great. But uh, almost nothing. I'm kind of getting old now. Life saving <laughs> medication.
1: That's about the only thing that would keep me in a line. And even like then, that. if life's on the line, you ain't getting in in time in that line. <laughs> <laughs> you just pay someone who's up ahead. Yes.
0: But let me tell you a trick I've started doing, Dave. I'll go like in a, uh, in a big line at a concert. I'll go to like three people from the front and I'll say, I'll pay you $5 to buy me something. Like I'll pay you, that shirt costs 40 bucks. I'll pay you $45 on Venmo right now. And then I just skip the line. And it only cost me five bucks. Genius. I, th- I think it is. Genius move. Okay, we got this tweet from at Timoteo Mitchell, AKA the Palani Kalani, where he found a $3 old VI TV sports shirt, old logo, it's been a minute. Is that worth three dollars? You better believe it is. It's priceless.
1: It was probably four and got marked down to three. <laughs> Someone said, "Did you watch that before?" Hey, wore- we've made it. BYU Sports. BYU TV sports stuff is at Desert in- Desert Industries. We've made it. It's we're in that. It's era gone the of cycle the of I've had this shirt for so long I don't need it anymore. Yes. I'm going to
0: give it to someone else. It was probably uh, Scott Hill. One of our directors,
1: Give <laughs> it up. BYU basketball posted photos taken by Trevor Nell. If we're going to see Trevor Nell playing basketball soon, anyway, this is uh, Coach Mark Pope on the plane, wearing not only a thick coat but I think that's a BYU Sports Nation beanie. It is. Just like the ones we have. It'll be at DI in a couple years. You have to ask yourself, Is he going to the Iditarod or is he going to (laughs) basketball games?
0: I think he's going uh, into male modeling. Uh, Is that blue steel? (laughs) He looks there, that's amazing. He looks looks angry. Either that or he has an allergy uh, to one of the foods he's holding. But a lot of
1: planes have heat today. Apparently
0: that one doesn't. And and let's be honest, in Provo, they're going to walk outside to get on the plane. (laughs) So that's
1: probably why he was bundled up. Still. All good. Men's volleyball back at the Smith Fieldhouse tomorrow night and Saturday. 13th ranked Cougars hosting Fairley Dickinson. You can watch it at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app with Jeremy and Steve Vale on the call. That's tomorrow night at 9 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. And coming up next, BYU women's
0: basketball coach Amber Whiting joins us ahead of today's game with San Francisco coming up right here on BYU TV.
1: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
0: Welcome back to this game day edition for Women's Hoops on VOE Sports Nation. Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Earlier this morning, because we wouldn't dare try and talk to Coach Amber Whiting right now, she's got a game in like 15 minutes. We uh, talked to Coach Whiting as she prepares for the game with the San Francisco Dons coming up right here at the top of the hour. Kids Day is always eventful, Coach. What are you expecting from dealing with the positivity of that, but also the noise itself?
4: A big headache. <laughs> um, at Utah State when we left, I remember thinking, holy crap, that was loud. Um, and we're supposed to be triple it today. So I'm excited, but the girls, we've talked all week about echoing what I'm saying to them on the court, and obviously I always want them doing that anyway, but it's a huge um, thing today because they got to be able to hear what they are what I'm saying and what I'm calling.
1: Hey, no one's making more noise on the floor right now than Lauren Gustin. We did some math earlier. There's over 5,000 Division One women's college basketball players. She's out rebounding every single one of them. Is that coaching or is that just natural ability?
4: That is all her. She um, has a nose for the ball, and she has a motor that just doesn't quit. And I love like at halftime, she'll say, coach, what about you know? And I'm like, whoa, you got this. Like you are killing it right now. Like, and that's what I always want from her. She always wants to give her best effort and 110%. And so that's what I get every single time she steps on the floor.
1: How valuable has her leadership been in this winning streak? In fact, during the losing.
4: Um, she was one from day one that just trusted me in the process and what we were doing and just bought in. And so for me, I that leadership, because everybody else came along with her and she doesn't ever question it, she just goes. And so I love that she brought that. So aside from her rebounding, scoring, whatever, it's her leadership that really, really, really sticks out for me.
0: What else do you want from her or is she doing more than enough?
4: Um, I love when she pulls a 3-pointer in the game <laughs> and she just, you know, it's if it goes in, she's like, eh. And if it, if it doesn't go in, she's like, oh, and I'm like, keep shooting. Like, I love that she has that ability. She's extending her range a lot more, um, so then she will be unstoppable.
1: What's the value of Nani to this team? As, as Lauren's doing all that she's doing, when Nani has a good game, uh, you win.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, Nani is uh, her leadership and and the way she can read the pick and rolls is invaluable. She has a nice little hezy. She can get to the rim anytime she wants. Um, I've put a couple plays in on the fly for her in a game, and she'll come to the bench after she scores. She's like, I like that. And I, I just.
1: <laughs> yeah, who would
4: I know, and I just love that she just goes after it, and she just goes and gets it. And for me, I love having her out there. And there's been a couple times defensively where I've kind of got after her, and she responds, and that's huge for me um, and for our team. When she takes the leadership role and is like, "Okay, I got to play defense. I got to do this, this, this," and then everybody just falls in line, and I love it.
0: Being coachable is a big deal, and that's awesome. And when you call a good play that uh, goes in for it, nice uh, play call, coach. That's great. Yeah. Um, the six-game win streak, certainly a big turnaround. You had the toughest possible scenario to start conference play. Ag on, zag on a Saturday. If you are not to practice on Sundays, obviously. At Portland on a Monday, the top two teams in the league. Since then, you haven't lost. What has been different other than not playing those top two teams?
4: Um, for me, and I've talked to the girls a lot. It's one game at a time. So the sixth game win streak, you're only as good as your last game, or only as good as the game you're stepping into. And so I just, it's easy to get soft in the wins, like as far when you're stringing them together, you know, to get complacent. And we're really trying to dial home that we have to learn something every single game that we step on the court, win or lose. And as long as we get better every game. So right now, I don't want to be peaking. I want to be peaking in February, you know, when it's time to step into the WCC tournament. And that's what's most important to us. So as long as we're getting better every single game, that's all that matters right now. And the wins are coming. Yes. And it's fun. That part. Yes. But I'm more concerned about our ability to show growth. And so that's where my mind's at right now.
1: Amber Whiting's with us on BYU Sports Nation. Her Cougars live at the top of the hour. There's something inspiring about newness. You're a brand new Division I head coach. (laughs) Uh, Over the last two and a half months, what have you learned the most about yourself?
4: Um, I have to be myself, 110%. I can't do anything else. I can't try to be anybody else. Um, And I remember when I was going through the interview process, you know, just saying that to myself before I ever interviewed because I didn't want people to get... Uh, you know, to the end of this and pick me and you know, not have somebody that they wanted and so I've tried to just be myself and there's times where I've messed up and I own it with the girls I, you know, I say you know, that's my bad um, but then we've also talked about what I stand for and what I represent and I'm trying to instill that in the girls and give them a voice and teach them to be strong and um, to know who they are and to stay true to who they are and so that really really means a lot to me um, we talked the other day about what makes us. What is what is it w- that puts us together? And the girls kind of started talking about uh, qualities that we have as a team. And each of them are individually um, amazing in their own right and they bring something different to the team. But I feel like what we string together and what we own together as a group was really important. And some of the words that they came up with and the characters that they, or the character traits that they came up with, was really important to me. And I loved hearing it because it's what I've been trying to instill in my culture and what I want for them every single time
0: and that group is comprised of talented individuals that continue to grow you keep adding to this group as well with uh, signees who are state players of the year top recruit out of Spain four-star transfers uh, from Oregon and whatnot what has it taken to assimilate the group that you have this year and that you're building that looks to be really good next year
4: Um, I always look for the culture kids the kids that are gonna fit here and fit with us Um, Because that's huge first and foremost with the chemistry on the court, obviously talent. But then I also am looking for the defensive dogs that I need out there. Um, And so as long as they have those three things, then I go down the road with them. Um, But I've just been the same true to myself and been who I am. And I've been personal with them and just trying to show them how special BYU is. Um, it's almost like a pride thing, like when uh, Marina landed I was like so excited to show her what BYU is and what we have here and what we have created and um, why it's special. And it's just people fall in love when they come here and so it's just getting them on campus and that's the first huge step for me and then after that it kind of just works and it's easy.
1: Hey, on a clear night it's nice to look up in the sky and see stars over your program, More so than. <laughs> Than, uh, than we've had in some time. Speaking of stars, San Francisco's Carmeli leads the WCC in scoring, averaging 18 points a game. What are the keys to dealing with her and the Dons today?
4: Um, defensively, we got to stick to the game plan, and lock in. Um, we've worked all week long and put some of our guy squad in her spot, and they've given us really good looks. But it's defensively, we got to guard her as a team and help each other out. And you know, we can't just put one person on or expect her to just do that the whole entire game. So. It's going to be a team effort, and she's a good, good player, so we just you know, just got to try to limit her touches and limit her looks. Well,
0: it should be a fantastic game coming up at the top of the hour right here on BYU TV. Best of luck, and thanks for the time, Coach Thank Whiting. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Well, Thanks to Coach Amber Whiting for joining us uh, ahead of the game. Uh, it's an important one. It was, we've talked about it with San Francisco. They're battling for uh, a three-seed. Gonzaga and Portland have really occupied those top two, but... If you can get a three seed and uh, slide right into the quarters, that would be good in the WCC tournament.
1: And I'm not ruling them out from a two uh, because Gonzaga and Portland have to come through here. Yes, that last do. week of the regular season is going to be really interesting. Big time. As long as you can get through these kind of games because uh, there's not a lot of depth in this league. It's, it's those two, and, and, and quite frankly, BYU is down, you know, down here. And now they're up here on their winning streak. They get through this week. They're in it with a shot at those. Those two going to Vegas, and suddenly in that tournament in Vegas, you got three teams that, uh, that can win it, and BYU would be one of them.
0: And that's t- th- this is a team, a women's program, that has won the WCC tournament several times the last 11 years. They understand, obviously, a different coach now, but they understand several of those players, what it takes to win that championship. Down there. Shout
1: out to Amber Whiting. She's coming in an almost impossible situation. The whole team left, the coach left, she's here, she convinces Gustin to, to stay. And, and look what she's doing in her first year. And you talked about earlier. The recruiting the recruits is big time for next year. It's like, you know.
0: I'm hoping the men's team can do what the women's team is doing in recruiting.
1: Honestly. Yeah. Top 40s, amazing. BYU Gymnastics rolls out their home opener. Marriott Center, Friday night, Boise State's in town. Our live coverage on BYU TV starts at 9 Eastern with Spencer and Mikkel Merkley Friday night right here. How many games does BYU need to win in the next
0: three in men's basketball? Your answer's next as the kids continue to share the candy
1: and open up the Doritos. (laughs) Oh, yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps, or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review as we've been reviewing everyone's game snacks on Kids Day. Hey, there's a lot of good ones in there.
0: Uh, we got some, uh, you know, stuff from home. We got the popcorn, the pretzels, the uh, Cougar tails. Of course, it looks like a fun time over there. I'm get, my, I, I'm getting my daughter Ven out of school, and Tate's going to come up. We're going to go to the game. It'll be awesome. We'll see how many minutes I last. It'll be an organized free for all. <laughs> Okay, our question of the day is this: How many of the next three men's basketball games at Santa Clara, at San Francisco, St. Mary's next Saturday does BYU need to win? Uh, our elite voice of the day is presented by Pax Healthcare Elevator at Jim Roberts MN on Twitter. Depends on the goal. NCA equals all three, NIT it equals two. Maybe, maybe even just St. Mary's. Of course, it would be nice to beat St. Mary's. Just on general principle, again, that's the last home game with St. Mary's. In the future, the Big 12 schedule is so tough, I'm not sure we're gonna see Gonzaga and St.
1: Mary's in the future. There's no need for that. We might see Gonzaga, we'll never see St. Mary's. The St. Mary's is never gonna to come to the Marriott Center. Yeah. And there's no reason and for that. Go yeah. And not going to Mirage. And you know what? They don't like each other enough to do that. Whereas Mark Few and Mark Pope have a relationship. I think a neutral site game with those guys is quite possible down the road. Vivint Arena. Second round Maui or in, something. Uh, yeah. In Portland. But no way, we'll see St. Mary's in two weeks and that's it. today's Rise of the Shoutout presented
0: by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. To Kids Day at the Marriott Center, our thanks to today's guests Spencer,
1: Kristen, and Amber Whitey. Look at him going to town right there. We're out 24-7 on Instagram and Facebook, BYUSN.com. Women's Hoops coming up next, sorry Dennis.